You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. For everything, for everything indie, for everything cults, it's the Blue Horseshoe now. Here's your host, George Bremer and Ryan Hickey. And welcome into the latest edition of the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. George Bremer, Ryan Hickey here with you. George, there's really no other way to say it. Water's wet. The Pope is Catholic, and the Colts lose in Jacksonville. An embarrassing, pathetic, gutless performance on Sunday. The Colts get shut out by the Jags again. Third time since 2017, the Jacksonville Jaguars have shut the Colts out. There was 24-0 on Sunday. George, this was ugly. We both predicted the Colts to lose this game, so it's not like we're surprised of the outcome. But at least for me, I'll speak for myself, I'm still surprised about how ugly, how bad it truly was. How about yourself? Yeah, you know, I think I saw too many of the same errors that you saw a week ago, and I think that's the biggest thing here. Uh, They came out against Houston, and they were really flat, and you could see that, and they were able to rally in that one. Uh, But today, you know, the biggest, the only difference really between this week and last week is there was no fourth quarter rally. And uh, to me, you know, too many self-inflicted wounds. And I understand there's injuries and there there, there were other things that affected this, but uh, not acceptable on any level. Uh, I think even Frank Wright called the performance pathetic, which, you know, when you hear that from him, uh, that's about as negative as he's ever going to get. A lot of accountability in that locker room, but you know, words are, are not going to go very far right now. Uh, you should be 2-0. and You're standing here at 0-1-1. And, uh, you know, two weeks after your owner basically declared a new golden era on the verge of, of, of coming, uh, there's a better chance that, that you're going to have a top five draft pick than that you're going to win the AFC South. Right. Colts fans, start watching if you haven't. Start watching a lot of Bryce Young. Start watching a lot of CJ Stroud because that could be absolutely a decision the Colts will be siding between here in a few months. But – this loss, George, almost feels like it's like years in the making because you see the way they play. You see the lifelessness, their deficiencies. This loss, I think, is specifically on two men's shoulders, Chris Ballard and Frank Reich. Let's start with Chris Ballard because we have talked right all training camp, the question marks we have at receiver, the question marks we have about the offensive line at left tackle and right guard. We've talked about you know questions when it comes to even the defensive line. You know, they made some improvements, but can they get after the quarterback after really struggling to sat the quarterback last year? That's a big area where that really hurt them down the stretch. And right now, every single question we had is getting answered in a, in the worst way possible. Everything Chris Ballard so far has gambled on. Receiver, line, defensive line, all failed, all coming up zeros right now. And that was a culmination and really was, was shown um, or was magnified, I should say, on Sunday in Jacksonville. Yeah, I mean, every weakness that, that you can imagine that, that you were worried about coming in has cost this team from the kicker last week to the left yep. tackle to the wide receiver position. I mean, without Michael Pittman today, they just were not able to get open. They were not able to make plays. And I think, 
you know, compounding that, none of the, the, the difference makers you brought in to kind of change things have, have, have been difference makers. I mean, uh, Unique Ngakwe really hasn't had an impact play yet. Uh, Matt Ryan was not able to raise the level of play the guys around him the way that you would want a veteran quarterback to do. Uh, the defense in general, you know, no explosive plays. I don't think I don't think they had a sack today. They definitely didn't have a turnover today. Uh, you know, this is a defense that thrives on those big plays, and they haven't been making them at all this year against two teams that you would think they would be able to get some of that started. Uh, again, you know, every weakness has been magnified, and every supposed strength has been non-existent. And it's it's easier said, right, in hindsight, but these all of these areas that have been a concern. It's not a shock. It's kind of almost predictable that right now things are going the wrong way. Like you said, you know, Chris Bowden had an opportunity this offseason to be a short to left tackle spot, took a gamble on Matt Pryor and kind of a project in Bernard Ryman and out of the draft. Uh, wide receiver, you had an opportunity, whether it's for a trade, whether it's, you know, uh, free agency. They stood pat, thought, you know what, we're going to roll the dice on Alec Pierce. We're going to hope Paris Campbell is healthy and actually productive. We're going to expect a bigger role from Ashton Doolin to step up. Uh, and they'll be okay outside of Michael Pittman Jr. We've seen that to be not the case. And like you said, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, George, me and you on Sunday couldn't back there on the pocket, looked clean, didn't get hit. They had two quarterback hits the entire game. Trevor Lawrence is not sacked once. He could have made a sandwich in the pocket, so had plenty of time to throw the ball. You're right. Every single area that had an opportunity to, to get improved, um, Chris Ballard did not do. And right now is killing this team. And it's frustrating because we, on paper, this should be a this is a good team or should be a good team. And right now, through the first two weeks, they are just getting killed by the, you know their own mistakes and also too by guys not lifting up their weight. Hey, just lack of execution. I think that's what it comes down to. I mean, they're not making plays on either right. side of the ball. I mean, today, um, you know, I, I really can't point to to anybody on offense or defense who came out and. and really deserves a lot of credit. Uh, maybe Grover Stewart, once again, you know, he's been a monster in the middle, uh, but that's not enough. That's not going to get it done. I don't put much blame on, on Jonathan Taylor for this. He, he did what he could do. He pretty right. much got taken out of the game plan. Uh, you know, you don't really, but the other 51 guys, you know, I, I don't know. It felt like all day long they were waiting for that one guy to step up, make a play that was going to turn around like EJ Speed did in the fourth quarter uh, last week, and it never happened. And, you know, and nothing that happened out there. I, I don't – there's there's no way to look at this and spin it as anything but completely unacceptable. And it goes now to the next point of the other guy that deserves a lot of blame for this loss and right now this 0-1-1 start. It is Frank Reich. This is now a habit, right? We have seen now Frank Reich be at the helm since 2018. And really outside of 2020, um, when they got off to a good start with Phillip Rivers, this has been a notoriously, and even 2019, a notoriously slow starting team more times than not. And now here we are again. We've talked about the urgency to get off to a hot start. We've talked about the opportunity for the Colts with five division games in the first seven um, games of the season to get out to a hot start, take a commanding lead of the division, and then all of a sudden kind of start to build your playoff run in the second half of the season when you take care of your division first. And right now this team looks lifeless. This team is not, you know, there's not a lot of creativity even on offense. And I don't know what is with Frank Reich and what's changed, but I even feel like his the way he's developed the quarterback position, he's gotten a lot out of Andrew Luck. He's gotten a lot out of Philip Rivers, uh, Phillip Rivers. even Jacoby Brissett the first half of the year. And now you're seeing it's almost regression, whether it's with Carson Wentz last year. And now Matt Ryan does not look very good whatsoever. I know some of it's, you know, uh, stuff around him. But Frank Reich as well, when we talked about the importance of a, a hot start, you absolutely cannot get off to an 0-1-1 start like they have. 
and you can't look as lifeless and as dead as they are. Like to lose a game is one thing. I mean, George they didn't show you anything. They they gave you no reason to believe or no reason to feel inspired whatsoever. No, and I, it starts with the offensive line. I mean, we, yes. we've talked about this before. Uh, you know, when the offensive line is good, this team's good. And when the offensive line is not good, this team is not good. And they've not been good for two weeks. And I, I don't know what, you know, I, look, play calling, fine. You know, everybody deserves their fair share of, of the blame. I, nobody, this was a total organizational failure. Nobody should feel like they're, they're you know, going to escape this. Right. But at the same time, I don't know what play you're going to call today that was going to work. There was no time for the quarterback. There were no lanes for the running back until the game was over and the Jaguars really didn't care if they ran the football. You can't you can't survive that way. And again, nobody stepping up and making plays, but also no creativity. You know, I thought they, they needed to come out and do tempo early today. They didn't really until right there in the two-minute drill in the first half. Uh, they needed to find ways to, to get the ball out quick. You know, one thing Jacksonville was doing early on, and it really slowed down that Colts pass rush from the very beginning. Three-step drops, get the ball out right away. Well, that means your quarterback has to be executing. That means your receivers have to be winning early in the down. None of that was happening on the Colts side of the, of the field again. And you, you can't live that way. You knew it was going to be a struggle as soon as you found out that Michael Pittman was going to play this week. I mean, I don't think anybody uh, really celebrated much as soon as you heard that because you knew how, how dependent this passing game was on him. But I think it was far than probably even the worst fears were going in. And that's it too, because you're right. Like we had questions and okay, you know, you know, there's going to be some growing pains. And especially when you now are asking guys basically outside of Michael Pittman Jr. to uh, fill roles that they've never really been asked to fill before you, right? You're going to get some growing pains. It's going to be tough for everyone to kind of contribute. But the fact that, George, no one, like literally no one contributed, no one made a play, it's it's frustrating. It's maddening because everyone's getting the opportunities. Matt Ryan spread the ball out. You know, he's giving guys chances. Whether it's Molly Cox, whether it's Ashton Doolin. You know, Mike Strawn had a few passes here. He's really the only one who actually consistently made a play or two. But again, by the point they started even targeting him, he was already over already. It's been in a situation where, you know, Paris Campbell, I don't, did he even get a target today? I feel like I barely saw him on the field. So it's like, you know, you are having opportunities now where your number's getting called. It's, that's the motto of football, right? Next man up. And right now it's like the next man down because every single guy the Colts have been asked to rely on in one way or another, offensive defense, they've failed. They've absolutely failed. That's why it goes back to Frank Reich and, and Chris Ballard on this loss. I give Ashton Dillon some credit. I thought he made some, some really tough catches and, and, survived some pretty tough hits out there uh, a couple times. I know two in a row where he got really drilled and, and held onto the ball. Uh, but yeah, there, it wasn't enough and you didn't have enough guys doing it. You know, it, it can't just be one guy uh, with five catches for 79 yards or whatever that number was that, that Ashton Doolin picked up. If that happens and it's in support of Michael Pittman, or if it happens and it's in support of a big game from Paris Campbell or a big running day from, from Jonathan Taylor, we're probably much more excited about him having a breakout game. If it happens in a day you get shut out, you know, tree falls in the forest. Does anyone hear it? Does it make a sound? Uh, it's sort of that, that way. I, I don't know. They just didn't have anybody step up, put the team on their shoulders and say, this is unacceptable. We're going to turn it around right now. And the result is out there on the field for all to see. Right. And oh, one and one star against two teams. You are clearly better than in the Jaguars and the Texans. And going back to, to your point, like, I think one, like, I at least had one of the reasons why I was optimistic going this year and I thought the Colts were going to win this division is a part you bring Matt Ryan, who's an experienced vet who can kind of raise the ceiling of guys that have been unproven. But also, too, we have seen in the past Frank Reich be able to put guys in positions to succeed, whether it's, you know, getting them in space, whether it's creative ways to get them the ball and just make a play. And it feels like, especially so far through the really 
for seven out of the eight quarters uh, of this season so far, George, or really, I guess if you want to count overtime too, eight out of the nine quarters so far of this season, it hasn't been that. Like it's been a lot of contested catches. It's been a situations where, you know, receivers, tight ends can't get any sort of separation. And there's really no creativity in the outfits. I get sure the outfits line is a problem and the Matt Ryan is a lot of time, but also then figure out a way to, to throw the slow down the, the Jaguars pass rush. It's not a surprise and it's not a, a, an accident. Going into this game, you knew Josh Allen especially was going to be a guy that was going to terrorize the Colts. He had two sacks early on in the game, beat Matt Pryor like a drum. Like, obviously, you know that's going to be an issue. And it, for me, watching especially today, it did not feel like Frank Reich was either ready kind of for, for some of the uh, the bumps on the road that came away and had no any sort of answer to counter what they were doing. And that's frustrating because we have seen him in the past – have answers, and be able to counter whatever other defenses are doing. And it doesn't feel like that, especially this year so far, that to be the case whatsoever. Again, it comes down to execution. They have max protection out there a lot of times. They double-teamed him a couple of times. If people aren't yeah. making plays, it doesn't matter what you call. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line. Uh, you know, when Ryan Kelly gets caught on the one where Allen came right up the middle, they all, Kelly included, crash down to the other side, left a yep. gaping hole up the middle, and Josh Allen comes up and, and destroys Matt Ryan and, and, you know, kills one of those early drives where they have the ball at the 40 down down seven, and you're thinking, okay, now there's a chance. You get back-to-back drives down seven to nothing. You get the ball at your own 40. Somebody make a play, and both times they let Josh Allen blow up that those drives, and they end up punting the ball away, and it felt like, honestly, they lost the game right there. I mean, that was your moment to go in and, and maybe turn things around, and they weren't able to do it. And, you know, is it on the head coach? Yeah. I mean, when you could be 24 to nothing, it's on the head coach. There's no question about it. Uh, but it's also coming down to these players. They've got to execute what's out there. And they there was just zero execution today. For, uh, to wrap up this this first part here, George, I want to ask you this, because you were in the locker room after the game. Obviously, we've talked a lot about the streak in Jacksonville. It's been since 2014. The Colts have not won there. Did you get a sense after the game that players were kind of had that in their head? And kind of, you know, we're thinking about that going into this game or not really. They just got beat by a better team. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. No, I mean, it, it's just not the way the NFL works. They can't really think that way. You know what I mean? It just doesn't It just doesn't operate that way. It's a one-play-at-a-time league. You, you, this play happens, you put it out of your head, and, and you go on to the next one. If you don't, you're going to even worse shape than they are right now. Uh, but it just doesn't matter. They're just getting whipped, and I think that's, you know, the bottom line. What what there is right now down there is, is almost uh, a sense of shock. I mean, I, they did not expect this outcome in any way, shape, or form. And they feel like they've had good practices. They feel like they've had good preparation coming in, and it's not showing up on the field. That's what you heard from everybody in that locker room today is that, hey, we had a great week of practice. We, we, we were prepared coming in, and yet when it's time to go out on the field and make plays, you see the result. It's not happening. And that's frustrating because Frank Reich was talking after the game, George, like you said, he mentioned, you know, he called it, you know, they had a great practice this week. And he said too that where the Colts are right now, where they have to go, he doesn't think the, the gap is out wide. Well, I'll tell you this, watching this so far, the first two games, I feel like there's an Atlantic ocean size gap right now between where the Colts currently are and where they should be or trying to go. Cause this team, like you said, we can go up and down the list. I really outside of Jonathan Taylor, 
there's really not another player or area you feel good about. And if you have questions and concerns and holes on the offensive line, at receiver, at tight end, you know, the defensive line, linebacker, well, how what is Frank Reich looking at in practice or the game where he thinks this team is is close to a breakthrough when you can go up and down the list and there's more guys or it would save us a lot of time, I should say, if we just highlight the two or three guys that are playing well compared to pointing out all the guys that are playing poorly because it's basically 95% of the team so far. I think what he's referring to there are all the self-inflicted wounds. I mean, I thought that first trip to the red zone just absolutely summed up the game all in one drive. You get down to the five-yard line, Mo Ali Cox can't get his foot in, so you don't get a touchdown on first down when you should have. And not that this is going to turn the game around, but it was indicative of what was happening all day. Then you get a couple penalties, and the drive somehow ends up with a chaotic incompletion from the 13. There wasn't a whole lot that Jacksonville did on that drive that caused that. It was a lot of things that the Colts did to themselves, shooting themselves in the foot repeatedly. And I think that's what Frank Reich's talking about. The problem is, from a fan standpoint, from an outside standpoint, you've heard that too much. It's happened too much. This is year five of this regime, right. and it's still happening. So, you know, that that's where they're at. I mean, I think that's why they feel that way. They, they feel like if they get out of their own way, you could see a lot of improvement in, in a hurry. And I think you saw it in the fourth quarter against Houston. It's not so much theoretical. It's true. If they do get out of their own way, they'll look a lot better in a hurry. But I don't know what evidence you have right now that they're going to get out of their own way. And you know what that sounds like to me, George? That almost sounds like an indictment of leadership in a way, because when, especially when we talk about self-inflicted wounds, like this is not a, a Texans team or even a Jaguars team that is young. That's like a rebuilding team that has a lot of young guys kind of working through it, and you know the youngsters are going to make a lot of mistakes because they haven't, don't have the experience. You have the experience, quarterback. You went out of your way to get rid of Carson Wentz last year or this offseason without having any sort of answer, lucking your way into Matt Ryan, who's a veteran who is supposed to bring that leadership and kind of be the adult in the room, if you will. You have veterans on the offensive line that have been through a ton. You have Jonathan Taylor, who's still young, but you know is, a, is a supposed to be a good leader. Again, is very experienced so far through the first three years. You brought in Yannick Igakwe. I know Shaquille Leonard's not on the field right now for the first two games. That's a, a leadership guy. You have you know vets in the secondary. Like, you have plenty of older leader, uh, veterans that should be kind of leading the way and should be preventing all of these now self-inflicted wounds and all these you know self-caused mistakes. And for two games, like we're talking about this team, like they're one of the youngest teams in the NFL. And it's just a big indictment on the leadership so far, what we're seeing, or really, I should say, the lack thereof. And I think it goes back to the, the on-the-field product again. You know, I think they are leading in the locker room. They are saying the right things. But who's going out there and making a play on Sunday? Who's going out there in the game and making that play that people can rally behind? You know, And some of the leaders are the guys making the mistakes. So you, you just can't overcome that. I mean, it, it, one thing about this league, there is no you know directional school. There is no take the week off, pay the opponent a million dollars for a win. It doesn't exist in the NFL. If you come out the way the Colts have the first two weeks, you're going to get the results that they've gotten. You know, you pay for your mistakes in this league, no matter who you're playing. You pay for lack of execution, and you pay for bad situational football, which, again, was the case. I mean, I think they were two for ten on third down, which is completely pathetic. I mean, no, no one's going to look at that and feel like there's, there's any excuse for that. And they were 0 for 2 in the red zone. And, again – it doesn't change the outcome. I don't think it, that those two things alone are why they lost 24 to nothing. A, a week ago, situational football was the reason they tied instead of one. But when you come back out and you have those same mistakes again this week against a better football team, mind you, I think Jacksonville's 
a much better football team this year than Houston is, uh, but still not a team that, that you should be losing to by 24 points without scoring a point on the road. Offense has been a big concern so far, George. You mentioned the red zone. Let's get to that when we return here on the Blue Horseshoe Pod. How much blame so far, especially on Sunday, does Matt Ryan deserve for the Colts getting shut out for the third time since 2003? All three of those times have come to the Jacksonville Jaguars, who yet again in Jacksonville look like the 1985 Bears on steroids. We'll get into how much blame Matt Ryan does deserve when the Blue Horseshoe Pod returns. <laughs> 